0: I'm Maxwell Griffin, and this is Your Black Friend, a podcast for folks who may not have black friends but want to learn about what it means to be black in the U.S. Every episode, I'll invite one of my black friends on, and we'll answer anonymous questions people have about being black. So if you don't have a black friend, then my black friend is now your black friend. Your Black friend today is Koya Wilson. Koya and I were on the same content creation team a few years back. Coming from Detroit, Michigan, Koya brings unbelievable creativity and storytelling in all forms and mediums. Honestly, one of the most creative people I know. We would always bounce off idea after idea and could just talk ish with each other for hours. There was and is never a dull moment when we are together, and I continue to enjoy seeing where her talents take her. Koya is now a creative strategist for the agency that tells brand stories with purpose. When you meet her, you truly see how commanding of a presence she really is in any room with anybody. I did mention she's talented. I mentioned she's creative. But I can't forget to mention that she won an elementary school talent show for performing as Michael Jackson. And maybe one day we'll get to see that reenacted. But until then, let's welcome Koya.
1: I'm happy to be here with my black friend. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I always like to just to start by seeing how you're how you're doing and how you feeling. Uh,
1: I feel good, man. You know, living life, going through changes and, you know, uh, I feel good.
0: I, I feel like a lot of us are going through changes right now. Yes. Uh, I know you recently made the move to l a la la land how how is how has that been going? I know you're coming you've been in Portland for a little bit. What's that change like?
1: um the change has been different. It's been a welcomed difference uh you know I see more people that look like me, man, and that just fills me up like seriously and I see more people that don't look like me but in more ways than one because I felt like in Portland everybody that didn't look like me all looked like each other (laughs) for the most part (laughs) and now it's like oh I get to see like a spectrum of like just all the differences that God made us to be you know what I mean it just it makes me feel good Max
0: i feel you i remember i mean shoot i still play this game in portland where it's like i call it the black nod when you see someone and they look like you and you like look like them and you look at each other you make eye contact and you give them the nod because you're like we in this together and we're you're like the only one i've seen in two weeks so we gotta acknowledge that (laughs)
1: you know it's funny i was um i was talking to somebody yesterday and I was like, man, they were asking me about the change from Portland to LA and they've been in LA longer than I have. And I was like, man, I caught myself a couple of weeks ago in Bed Bath and Beyond. And I saw these two black girls walking together. I was like, look at them two black girls in here with me. Like, and then I realized like, oh, it's a lot of black girls around here. And it's a, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of different people. Cause I saw like a Latino woman walk by and all that. And it's just like, I was telling her the reason why it just like it 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 took me aback is because in Portland you will literally be the only I was I told you I was in Bed Bath and Beyond. You will literally be the only person in Bed Bath and Beyond. Or I could be in a whole Home Depot or a whole IKEA, as big as those places are, and literally easily be the only black person. Or the only like person that just you know stands out should i say so it was just like i'm still getting used to seeing like just all of these beautiful shades and 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 backgrounds and ethnicities man like i'm being readjusted to that because that's what it's been all my life and then when i came to portland i was shocked like yo where is everybody and then being back out here and i'm not saying that that's not out there but let me tell you something. Portland and Detroit are two totally different worlds. Like you don't have to go looking for anything in Detroit. It finds you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. So, yep. yeah. It's been cool though. In LA, you know, it finds you too. It finds you here. Like it's just all the the Here comes the cliche word. all the diversity. So, you know, there's diversity in like people, but there's also like diversity in thought. And if everybody, you know, if the majority of the room has this shared experience that they came up in and like, you know, similar demographic and you know what I mean? It's like, how are we really, yeah.
0: it's,
1: it's hard to get something different or new through, you know, in that, in that room and in that environment when, and it's very easy if you're from the majority to get something through because everybody gets it and you're like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And it's like it sounds great to you because you all have the same experience. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but you know, like I I met some dope people in Portland. I will say that. And um, like, it has some great things to offer, but I just like being in an environment now where the sun is out again a lot. And I like the fact that, you know, uh, people come to the table with, different stories whether it's their own stories and experiences or whatever or just like the differences in how they think I just I I, like I'm relishing in that right now
0: so I'm from LA LA County originally I cannot wait until we can share our shared experiences of some of my favorite spots I told you when I'm talking about the poetry lounge I'm talking about going to the beaches out there going to the magic castle everyone thinks I'm nerdy for shouting (laughs) that one out that mess when you get we're we doing all amazing, that max but,
1: listen we doing yeah. <laughs> all that i'm here for it like i'm here for learning and exploring la i love the fact that that's another thing like when i first got to portland i like the fact that it was new and i like the fact that la is new you know what i mean when i turn a corner i don't know what to expect back home i i, I could bend every corner and i'm like ah, i pretty much know what i'm gonna get and i love it i love home um And then Portland started becoming like that, where it's like when I first got there, it was like, oh, look at this and wow, this and that. And then, you know, it's a small city. So after a while, you can learn it really quickly. And then you're like, I pretty much know what's, what I'm getting out of this. And so it's cool to be in a bigger city and, and there's more to explore and everything just feels brand new.
0: So let's let's get into these questions. then. which black person's stereotype is the most hurtful?
1: Let me tell you something. Don't none of them hurt me, but I will say this: <laughs> they're disrespectful. I will say that they, they. But and I'm I'm just one person. They don't hurt me, but I know that they might hurt others. But th- the stereotype that's most hurtful, <clears throat> um, let's go with disrespectful. Like I just think that all of them are just ridiculous. Like for one. It's hard for me to like, you know, when you're saying a stereotype, you know, that you're making this blanket statement about a group of people that you probably wouldn't apply to yourself or your own group. And that's the part that's just like disrespectful to me. So like, does this apply both ways? But because like, can I just say, all right, like all of blank is this and i just feel like mm-hmm. we don't get enough credit for our variety and the fact that we're not a monolith you know what i'm saying like there are things that's culture and then there are things that's stereotype now if you want to talk about our culture talk about our culture you know what i'm saying we got some dope <laughs> stuff like you you love it because you know you eat it up and you you know you appropriate it but um and i'm not saying everybody but uh my problem is when you make a statement especially that's rooted in like ignorance or that paints us in a bad light and then you act like that's all of us but that same rule doesn't apply to you. So all of it, all of it that's disrespectful, all of it that points us uh paints us in a bad light that that you wouldn't apply to yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I mean, things are popping in my head right now that, you know. Well, let's hear them, Koya. Hey, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to the be space. The, <laughs> I'm saying things could, are popping in my head that I could use as stereotypes to other people. And my thing is that, like, that would be super ignorant of me to even say that or to think that, like, to actually believe it. It's one thing to say it, but, like, if you all actually believe it, and I think that that comes from the fact that, like, stereotypes probably wouldn't be a thing if you knew more than one black person. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, exactly. I know more than one white person. I know that more than one like uh, Latino or Latina. I know more than one Asian person. And the different types, you know, of, um, like, the different parts of asia that people can come from. You know what I mean? Like or like when you say latino or latino, like you're not just talking about Mexican, you're talking about like it could be all these different things. So that's the thing like if you know more than one of any group, then you will realize that there's layers to it and then you'll realize like that stereotype is ignorant as hell.
0: Exactly. And that's the thing. There's like sure, yes, we we share themes as black people, but every black person's experience is different. It's not like every single black person you're going to talk to is going to share the same exact thing with the next. With the now, next we got one. some red so threads though.
1: Like I see some memes and <laughs> stuff that come across my social media, and I'm like, how did we all have the same experience, man? <laughs> like so when somebody was talking about how we. uh how your mama make you marinate the bathtub with like Comet or Ajax and and you you know like you just had to let it sit there and marinate for a second before you clean it up and I'm just like how did we all grow up the same you know what else Max that damn tin of the cookies that never has cookies in it no more it got like sewing supplies (laughs) and it's just like none of us especially like when I was in Portland and, you know, the black people come together. None of us were from the same place. Like every time I, if I'm in a group of five people, all five of us would be from a different part. Some, it could be somebody that's like literally their family is from a country in Africa or it could be someone that's like, oh, I'm from the West Coast. Well, I'm from the East Coast. Well, I'm from the DMV or whatever. It could literally be all of those yep. things in the group and all of us share these same experiences. I'm like, this is crazy.
0: That is funny. There are you are totally right. There are those red threads.
1: That's culture though. That's culture. Yeah, that though. is
0: that is that is culture. That is culture. But it is funny cuz I mean, going back to the the variety though. And my and as as you know, I'm a, a have been in soccer my whole life and I think it's not again, there's it's not on my side hurt as well, because I think a lot of these are most... I mean, all these are ridiculous stereotypes in general. Um, but I think what bothers me um, is for me growing up playing soccer is kind of the label that I had as being black and being nothing more than a body or what my body mm-hmm. could do. And I yeah. think it specifically it would be funny because... I would I would have friends on other teams and like growing up in club soccer, or college, and we would always have our kind of pre-game report on the other team and they talk about players to look out for, player to, players to watch for. And it's funny because I would always chat with my buddies and, and be like, "All right, what what did your coach what did your coach say about me?" Every single time, "He's got pace. He's he's strong. He's got pace. He's got pace, mm-hmm. this and that." And it's like and for real, I honestly didn't consider myself to be that fast of a (laughs) a player so it's just like that was their blanket like i'll watch this guy he's fast he's fast he's got pace and that's everything i i want to challenge people now from now on let's say when the olympics comes on or the world cup please 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 pay attention to commentators talking about like nigeria or ghana or any Mm. african soccer team playing against anyone else in the world I almost guarantee you'll hear the commentators say nothing more about the African teams that they got pace, they're strong, yeah. they're powerful. They got pace. Where it's like, how that's the one that bothers me the most, especially as an athlete. Where it's like, come on, this is like, this is this is triggered and rooted from like slavery, basically, to where yeah. like we're only used as a commodity, and it's like, yeah. and that's still subconsciously in, incorporated into how sports are viewed these days Mm -hmm. and that that specifically is one that bothers me
1: when it comes to black people versus being the majority or non-black like the average like person that's not black or not from a marginalized group let me put it that way they can walk into a situation and you can, like, a lot of times society will assess them off of, like, you know, what they observe. For Black people, a lot of times, and just marginalized groups and people of color, you walk into something and there's already, like, a template, like, a preset, you know, thinking about you first. That, it's like, you already have something put on you. And they, like, they get to come in and they get to be whatever that they show, whatever that they, you know decide but like you come in and there's already an assumption of what you should be that you have to break through you know what i'm saying it's like you already have a box that was put on you that you have to break out of and this person has no box and they can just be whatever they decide so you're making a good point like automatically people go to like oh he's got pace pace he's got strength and it's like that other person, they're just going to look and, and actually like be present and intentional about like, oh, this person has this, this, and that. It's almost like they don't, they're not even fully seeing what you offer. They're just like, well, I know the go-to is like, he's got pace, he's got strength or whatever. Or she's got this, she's got that. And it's just like, we get this box put on us, regardless if we have it or not, or regardless of if we have more to offer, which we do every time. But it's just the fact that it's like we get limited to these things because people only want to to recognize these things.
0: We're all humans at the end of the day, and it's and and back to sports specifically. It's like how why can't a black man or woman be a playmaker, or why can't they be intelligent on the on the field? Where exactly, it's like our our, bra- our brains are not smaller, and it should like let me tell you, it should be it should not be it should never be a surprise. That we had a black president, or that we have a black vice president now, like mm-hmm. it sh- it should be it should not be a surprise when we do dope ish. Like again, we 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 are human, and just like everybody else,
1: I'm tired of hearing about the first this, the first black this, and it's like y'all. This without usually it's like some old ass institution or company or whatever that's been around for. 75 100 200 years and then now we're like here's the first black and it's like y'all shouldn't even announce that because that's sad like you know what i'm saying usually when people are announcing the first black something it's sad because it's like damn what was y'all doing the other 200 years or 150 years or 75 years like this is your first one like and and it's not always like a huge title or anything it's just like Y'all, this is sad that we're still having to announce first. So I am i don't want to take away from people.
0: Like we're still an anomaly like that.
1: Yeah. It, sh-
0: it should not be like that.
1: And it's sad because it's like usually the person who's the first was not the first qualified for whatever that was. They're just the first one that made it through to get, you know, whatever that role is or whatever that title is. Mm-hmm. But it's like there have been plenty before them. Usually there's plenty before them. That deserve that same thing, but you all just waited this long to acknowledge that. So I don't want to take away from any black people or people of color that are being the first or whatever, but for the people that made that happen, be ashamed of yourself a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Not a little (laughs) bit. Be Be ashamed of yourself that you let this go on for this long, or the people before you have let this go this long for you all to finally just be like the first, this when, especially if you've been around forever and this is your first
0: and some, some
1: companies still don't have that first. That's the crazy. Well, and,
0: And that's the thing we're in 2021 now. And it's like, we're still getting the first of this and it's not, not just for black people, just like the first of anything. We're like, we're in 2021. And like you said, there's still so many areas and things in all kinds of senses where the first hasn't happened yet and it's just like really think about that do you feel like it was harder to get where you are today because you are black
1: i want to ask the person that asked this question that same question like what do you think do you really think it was just as easy for me as it was for you like i really want to know their answer from the heart Listen, I I have friends of all types, so I love having candid conversations with them. And I really be want to know what you're thinking. Like, do you really think that my path was the same as is yours? Like, as far as like the opportunities and the chances that I've had, because you know the answer is no. Like, I like it. I mean, as far as I'm sorry, the answer to your specific question is like yes, it was harder. But you know that that's the answer, though you know that I didn't have the same experience that you did or the same potential opportunities that you did. You know that like that, that go without saying. So of course, like I, and I, I know it's for a fact, like I've, I've pulled out, you know, one thing as a black person that you learn, you got to show some receipts, you
0: know, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: that's one God. thing that other people that don't have to so do.
0: True.
1: That's one thing other people don't have to do. Like, and, and, It can be in your face. Like, I can be like, hey, y'all, let me make up a hypothetical situation right now. I can work for a company and I can go to that company and I can be like, hey, y'all, we don't have enough, you know, people of color working in these roles, like, you know, and the people of color that you do have are all at, like, entry level and interns. It, It looks it looks bad. And they're like, what do you mean? Just look at your org chart. Like, I don't like, why do I have to pull out receipts? And then I have to go into well, like, so when I looked at the recruiting for the last, you know, 30 candidates that you brought up, only two were people of color. And, you know, that doesn't mean that the pool that you pull from were people of color. And then when I look at leadership, and the few people that are here, like, this person has applied, you know, this person of color has applied 15 times, you mm-hmm. know, and there's and they had to stay at this manager level for five years when this other person, it could, you know, who's not a person of color, is at a senior level. They started at the same time. The person of color can be more qualified on paper, but yet their trajectory is like expedited you know the the non-person of color and it's just like like why do I have to like become this researcher and like this statistician where I have to like pull all the receipts to prove a point that's obvious and in our face like that's the most frustrating thing is like not only is it harder and more challenging more barriers for us but then I got to I have to show you all what's right in front of your face. Like I have to make it plain for you all to see what you refuse to see. That's the, that's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying everybody, like I know some allies, like they're in the minority as well. But like, I have friends that are like, you know, whether they be white women or whatever. And, and I've seen them go at, you know, their peers and their colleagues and be like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, they're having to fight for these basic human rights and etc. And I'll be like, yes, girl, like, this is, this is why I am your black friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but usually those people, like, there's, <laughs> that was ridiculous that I said that. They're like, <laughs> I do say some ridiculous stuff sometimes with my friends. But like, uh but no, like, I'm not their only black friend, though. And that's why they, like, you know what I'm saying? Because these yep. people, like... I'm not a checked box to them. You know what I'm saying? We're just cool. You happen to be white. I happen to be black. And we're cool because our values align. We both see what's happening in the world. And we want to do our parts, you know, from where we are. And, like, it's just crazy to me how, like, again, we just got to pull receipts and, like, have receipts for stuff that most people don't, like, they don't got to go through all that extra stuff.
0: Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a great point when you said values aligning because it, it could be white, black, any anybody. It's just like you just have to align on your values. This question... It made me chuckle because I immediately thought of Nickelodeons from the 90s guts where you be at the end of the at the end where there's that main challenge and you're going up the mountain. You have to be dodging foam rocks that are coming. You're dodging some smoke in your face. All this joint is like that is what I feel like trying to get to the top in this in this in this world. <laughs> but I mean, you better believe, you better believe I'm getting that trophy still at the end of the day. It's just not going to be right. coming as easy as it does with some other folks.
1: <laughs> right. Right. It's just crazy. It's crazy. The things that we have to go through and like how we have to be overqualified to get the same, you know, just to get the same return, like on things or to even be considered for the same thing. Like I have to literally be overqualified nine times out of 10 for you know depending on what i'm applying for in order to compete with somebody that's just like coming to the table with the with the average you know because my name is Koya and they gonna mm-hmm. see that and they're going to be like i don't know what she is but she <laughs> she's something like she's something different and then when they start looking at if they see a HBCU on my resume and then they start seeing like you know where i'm from and stuff, they're like ah we can probably figure out where you know what she is And if they look at my LinkedIn, you know, then they'll
0: know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's the, I mean, the keywords are different and and comfort and discomfort where it's like, when when are we going to get to that place of discomfort? Because uh, like we said, especially in places like Portland, I I mean, it's easy. I mean, to be comfortable with bringing in people that look like you. So that's why it feels almost like. Ultra different when when someone other than that mold comes in.
1: The reason why, like, my friends that don't look like me are my friends. Yes, we align on, like, certain values and stuff. But also, like, they, they know that in order for things to be better for their friend, which would be me and other Black people and other marginalized people, that it's going to make them uncomfortable and they're cool with that. And that's why I rock with them because it's like my life going to be uncomfortable period, just because of the country I live in and mm-hmm. you know, the history of my people in this country. But like for you, it's a lot more comfortable and I'm not saying that everybody got it easy. Cause I know, you know, whatever, we don't got to go into that. But like my whole point is that like, they are signing up to be uncomfortable just so that the playing field could be, you know, equal, like, like equal and equitable for, for everyone because they know they have an advantage. And that's why I rock with the people that I rock with that don't look like me is because they recognize privilege and they're like, nah, this ain't this ain't cool. This ain't fair. Like, I don't want it if I got to cheat. and every And a lot of people like, I mean, I cheated, but like. Let's play a new game let's not start this one over like I still want what I got off of cheating but like let's just start a new game and then we start from there and it's like no because you know we're left disadvantaged of it because of it and so like that's why the people that I rock with I rock with them because of like they understand that like there's gonna be some dismantling and it's gonna affect them as well their comfort and they're like nah this is what's right and so I'm with it
0: and you know what we st- we got another question koya what what can I do as a white woman to make the black community feel safer and like what can I do on a daily basis to make the world a better place for black people?
1: Oh, man, I got a lot of things that you can do you can you can check your privilege, you can check your privileged friends and family members like check them hard like go hard on them if if they are talking ignorant and doing stuff that, like, if if you are enlightened and, you know, you're in spaces that we're not, and, you know, you have the ear of people that we don't because you are a white woman, use that. Use your privilege to, like, break that down and, like, man, check your family, check your friends, all of them when they say something out of pocket, when they're supporting things that, You know, keep these uh, systemic, like, barriers and, and, and issues alive. Check all that. Stop calling the cops on black people, for one. Like, that's another thing. Yo, like, stop. Like, everything is not a crime. You are not threatened by everything. You were taught to relate to people who in no way were taught to relate to you. And that was Yara Shahidi talking about growing up in a severe, severely Eurocentric educational system in America. Again, you were taught to relate to people who in no way were taught to relate to you. So we learn all about whiteness and whiteness never learns about blackness. You know, they give us that, they, they gonna beat Martin Luther King. Uh, I have a dream speech in your head. And, you know, they gonna do little stuff for Black History Month. But they're not going to tell the whole story. And they and everything that's been created, like, from laws to rules to, like, what's considered professional in the workplace or not, et cetera, that's all, like she said, based off of a Euro- Eurocentric ideal. And so we are, like, all our lives we've been made to, like, adapt to that, to this Eurocentric ideal and standard. And who's been who's ever had to adapt to anything for us? So it's like the minute that you get uncomfortable and you're like, oh, your music is too loud. I don't like the way you're saying that. Your hair offends me. You know, what? how you're talking is not correct and what you're wearing and et cetera, et cetera. Of course, until all these things become like cool and in, on trend, but for the most part, it's like, you know, they don't have to like, learn about us and learn our culture and learn the nuances of what it is to be black so everything becomes a threat and becomes like scary you know we see that with the cops or whatever like you you got people policing areas that they aren't from so you don't understand that like like for instance when i go back home it's certain people that's gonna be standing in front of the gas station they don't mean no harm. They not about to hurt nobody. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I mean, you know what I'm saying? They annoying and they go, They might be a little aggressive with how they talk to you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but they they not about to attack you. They not, you know what I'm saying? It's just like certain, or you you learn that there's these certain neighborhood people where it's just like, you know, they not all the way there. They, you know, they they need some help, this or that. But it's like, if you're not invested in... And the people or you don't know the certain communities or whatever, everything to you is foreign and everything to you can easily become a threat because of it.
0: I'm a firm believer that, I mean, you have to leave any conversation with kind of a takeaway or action items um, to, to make it really impactful. So, I mean, what what are some takeaways where people people can be like, start making a difference today or maybe uh businesses or organizations that are doing great things or anything that people can take away that leaving this conversation they could be like, Damn, I can start making <laughs> an impact today
1: um get uncomfortable, man like the biggest takeaway for me has continued that's the consistent theme that's come up is it continues to be if the problem if we were comfortable in the problem, not we meaning me and you, but like the people who sit. Empower. If you are comfortable with the problem, then that means your comfort is a sign that something's wrong. So get uncomfortable. Like if the teams that you look at, like if you're in corporate or whatever and you're looking around at your teams and you're looking at, you know, the house that you built for this corporation and it all looks the same. And and that's, you know, and the problem thrived in that environment. You got to change it. Like, I, one thing that I've started really loathing is people saying, ah, oh, you know, I, I want to make sure they're a good fit for our team. F your good fit. Like, it, it, oh, I want to make, not, not, not just a good fit, but, like, I want to make sure they fit our team culture. And I'm just like, your team culture is the problem. If you, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the problem. So if you're trying to get more people to fit that, and if you think that, you know, a black person is, or a person of color is supposed to come in and uphold what you all have, then you're going about it the wrong way. So I would say the key takeaway is like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable and, and just like, is it really that, I, I guess my question is, is it really that hard for you to find some Black people and just start having conversations with them and just really putting yourself in those environments to, again, grow that empathy muscle and and work that thing out and really start to understand like, oh, that's not something I should be alarmed at. That's just, you know, their culture and the nuances of who they are. Just like I learned it for, you know, all of the, you know, super white environments that I've been in or just... Environments that are opposite of me, so that's the big that's the big things. Get uncomfortable and then put yourself in environments that force you to have to like be empathetic and force you to have to adapt. That's the key. Put yourself in an environment that you have to adapt to, not that people have to adapt to you for, but that you have to adapt to the environment that you're going into and I think that that's gonna start changing a lot of people and the way that they're thinking and their actions and their behaviors.
0: Well, I, I feel that. And I mean, damn, grow that empathy muscle. That is a huge takeaway. That is a huge takeaway. I love how you put it that way. Well, Koya, 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 (laughs) as always, I feel like we can go hours and hours just on, on, totally different topics tangents all of the above
1: and shout out to everybody that's asking these questions like i know you know social media has created this thing where it's like y'all asking these questions and yeah it's ridiculous that you have to ask these questions but at the same time i'd rather you ask them than to not and continue on you know the the way the world has been continuing on and yes you need some black friends you need some latina friends you need some asian friends you need all the friends you need you know and they they shouldn't be check boxes but also um surround yourself with other people that look like you that are about it meaning like like i said my friends that don't look like me they still about it like they they are like we align with you know like they understand the areas that need improvement, they they see the problems and they're working at that. Find you some people that look like you that are actually doing the work also and that actually are thinking differently and that challenge you, that you can be in a comfortable space to have the most ignorant conversations and you won't feel like maybe that you're being judged or whatever because they look like you, but they're just, you know, more involved in their thinking or in their empathy and that you can have, you know, that space to like really work some of that stuff out because it's going to take a while. It's not like an overnight process where you're just going to be like, all right, I'm good now. I'm woke. So surround yourself with people that are like thinking differently. That's I what it really go down to.
0: There we go. Koya, you are a wealth of knowledge, stories, <laughs> everything, everything. <laughs> Um, and we we we'll, we can get into those Michael Jackson moves, uh, uh, uh. on another day that you, <laughs> that you said that you uh that you won in that talent contest. Serious. So we will. That's a another whole other story.
1: I'm a pro, Max. <laughs> I'm a pro. Well, <laughs> I used to have a best move walk, but we that's another. Why why have,
0: why have I never seen that? Dang. Okay. We'll
1: focus on that next
0: time. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Again, it's been a pleasure, and I I was so excited to have you join, and and thank you again for for joining us today.
1: Uh, Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much, everyone, for all the love and support along the journey this season. Thank you for the time you took to listen, to think, to question. Thank you to those who had conversations that pushed you, that challenged you, and for not backing away from those moments. Thank you for opening yourselves up to experiences you've never had, words you've never heard, or maybe friends you might not have otherwise met. I hope this podcast lives beyond these six episodes, as we all allow ourselves conversations with friends, both old and new. Thank you for allowing me to introduce you to my black friends and their beautiful, authentic stories. Our development producer is Priscilla Olaby. Our producer is Teddy Grant. And I'm your host and friend, Maxwell Griffin. Until next time.